Welcome to another update from the From Borderline to Beautiful community. Jay and I are having just such a wonderful time sharing in the community, connecting with community members, supporting community members, and really getting to the heart of how community can impact positively recovery. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to come on the podcast and share with you guys what exactly is this network? What are we doing? And one of the ways we decided that we could do that is by sharing some of the video podcasts that we record every week in the community. These are live events and we get to interact with our community members. They can ask us questions and we're really able to dive deep where I can't really do that on the podcast here because it's not as intimate of a setting. So I wanted to give you guys a little bit of a sneak peek in case you're wondering, what are we doing on that community and where is the podcast and you're missing it. And so coming up, you're going to hear a podcast about clearing out your clutter in your mind. You're going to hear about the differences between honorable and dishonorable behavior. And you're going to hear us connect with our community members. So stay tuned because at the end of the video, I'm going to announce some really exciting updates for Thrive Mind Body, our coaching, online coaching business. I'm going to be announcing some really cool updates and a group that we're going to have coming up in the fall and where you can find this community. So stick around and we really hope you enjoy the clip. What we're going to talk about today is kind of in line with our theme, which is spring cleaning. We want to talk about limiting beliefs and the limiting belief in relationships, just about how the person that we're in relationship with should know what we need. And they should be, maybe be able to assume what we need and then execute on that. Because there are some issues in the BPD brain, I would say, with like unrealistic expectations. So I think of you know, some of the conversations in the chat, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this, where if someone that you love lets you down, the question then is, well, what do you do about that? Why did they let you down? And a lot of the times the BPD brain takes that letting you down as an attack on your character. And so one of the examples, I think, was something with a phone charger. Tamara was talking about, yeah, uh, yeah like her husband. I, I might not get the story right. So if you're here and you're watching, clarify in the chat. Hey, there, you know, she there she is. We're just talking about this phone charger um, incident with your husband. So we're talking about empathy and limiting beliefs in relationships today, guys. And so I think the story went something like she, your husband didn't put the charger back where he was supposed to put it back, right? And now speaking to people as a whole, not necessarily to how um, Tamara felt about it, but what we do when situations like that come up in the BPD brain is we assume that the person we're in relationship with did that because they don't care about us or they're not thinking of us, especially if we've told them time and time again that they should, they should do that. They should remember, right? Yeah. Definitely. And from my end, uh, I always follow the motto of one is none, two is one. Um, meaning if I have something that, you know, I need or I value, uh, and I only have one of them, once it's gone, I have none of them, right? So I will get a second one. Uh, when it comes to chargers, we've definitely been down this path before, yeah. um, you know, especially with a 13-year-old as well. Um, so 
we have resigned to that motto of one is on two is one, uh, three is two. Um, so when, you know, my charger is just gone, I have a backup and I have one that I keep in a special place because I, I am accurate in my expectations of, mm -hmm. you know, of Rose and of our 13 year old. Uh, I know that um, they can have, you know, very, very busy and occupied minds and, and a lot of things going on at once. And not you, but... My but mind you. is, you know, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so I'm, at least I know that it is a big possibility that if somebody needs to borrow... Um, Jesus, that was it was actually my backup. I have two. Good okay, point. that's a good, good point. point. Yeah. So... If that was your backup, now you're down to one. Um, well, you, you definitely need to track it back down and get two back again, right? Because two is one and one is none. Now, when that happens and I do, you know, pull out my backup and I use that, I will, after I'm done with it, I have to put it back. I have to go and I have to look for, you know, the, the missing charger. Um, it is frustrating. Uh, definitely um but as as the person that it that, that it you know happens to you know I'm, I'm no victim um i've definitely not put something back more than a few times right um so right exactly he brought it to me but i was still mad so he did yeah. the right thing. okay exactly fair enough yeah. fair enough Right, so that's the BPD brain. So you're saying that like you forget things too. So you're willing to like not take that frustration out on me. It's not like when I lose his charger, he gets angry at me. No. He might say like, okay, earlier today, just before this call, he goes, where's the Zyrtec? And I was like, well, it's in there. And he's like, well, where's it going to be from now on? Because he was in the medicine cabinet looking, which you would think allergy pill, medicine cabinet. Right, that's just where it was. If you're me, you put it where you see things so you don't forget it, which is like in our kitchen. So that which is for everyone, right? right it's exactly. for LJ and yeah. for myself. Exactly. So I understand her positive intent result is to put it in a location to where I can access it and our son can access it. So I'm not upset about that. No. I just want to know where's it going to be going forward. So that way I know exactly where to put it. Um, and it's going to be there. Right, and, and the overall point, right, because we're not really talking about phone chargers or allergy medicine or whatever. We're talking about what happens when the person we're in a relationship with makes a mistake, right? And there was a time where when, you know, Jay would forget something, forget to do something, that I would take his forgetting to do something as an attack on my character, and just like you're saying, you were still mad even though you had your charger, so you took that as an attack on you. Like somehow he did something to you, right? Um, and so that's not something that we can continue to hold on to in recovery because people don't, people make mistakes, right? And that's an, that's an important concept for us in recovery for ourselves. You know, when we make mistakes, especially in the BPD brain, it's I'm a failure, I'm a loser, I don't deserve to live, right? Very extreme emotional I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. Let us know in the chat too if you can relate to that. Where like when you yourself make a mistake, you attach so much negative negativity to that. So when someone else makes a mistake, 
we obviously like don't see that we don't catch it we don't read the room and go oh whoops right like he made a mistake and he's not doing that because he doesn't fear me he doesn't love me he's doing that because he just you know like in your case your husband's case sounds like he has ADD in my case I put the medicine somewhere else because my son takes it so I can remember in the morning right in Jay's case when he forgets to do things it's because he just sometimes forgets to do things and he's not hurting me because of it right like you know, we had this uh, similar incident where he was mowing the lawn. He was mowing the lawn. And when he mows the lawn, he has to move the lawn furniture to, like, ride the tractor through. And then he didn't put the lawn furniture back. And, like, I'll get frustrated sometimes. And in my old self, I would have thought, well, he didn't put that back because he, you didn't want me to, you wanted me to have to do it. But he didn't want to do it, right? Like, so, and then I would get angry. I would get frustrated. And I wouldn't make eye contact with him. And then he would be like what's wrong and I wouldn't want to talk about it and I would then say like you didn't pull up around your back and then you know it would become like this tension for really not nothing because if I were trying to practice empathy in relationship with him I would see oh maybe he just forgot right and it's it's really that simple um I can definitely make mistakes and forget to put things back as well just like anybody else um but I think that the root of it comes, you know, from how you were, you know, sort of introduced yeah. to learning lessons. Um, and you may have been punished for doing something that just, it was a very simple mistake. Uh, it wasn't like something dishonorable, um, but you were punished as if you did it for some, you know, dark, uh, sinister reason. and. I would say nine times out of 10, it's, it's not going to be that. It's going to be a lot more simple than that. So, um, you know, instead of thinking that, well, the mistake was made, so punishment must, must ensue, you know, try thinking of it in a way that it is, okay, a mistake was made. I make mistakes too. If I, make, if I made that mistake, how would I want to be treated, you know, after that? Um, and and sort of evaluate that. I think that that would that would be helpful. Mistakes and disappointment were two of the most difficult concepts for me to understand. So a mistake had to be a failure. It couldn't just be a mistake. But a mistake is a mistake. And in order to live a good life, like a fundamental truth is that you have to make mistakes. That's part of living because you can't do something perfectly the first time you set out trying. And that does come from. From, for me personally, that did come from my my the way I was raised. You want to look at a mistake is is a mistake. You know, you just messed up. Mm -hmm. um, you shouldn't feel guilty for making a mistake because we need to make mistakes in order to get better at something. You know, in order to improve upon something, we feel guilty, and we should feel guilty when we do something dishonorable. When something dishonors our relationship, you know, if I lie. That's dishonorable. I should feel guilty. You know, like that is something that I should be like, man, that was really, really stupid of me. And I should, you know, think back of, of how um, I could have done things better, um, put myself in a better position to where uh, I didn't need to feel like I need to lie about something um, because that's dishonorable. And that I should feel guilty about. Making mistakes is not dishonorable. So start uh, moving forward of separating the mistakes that that one makes for getting stuff 
um, dropping stuff, breaking stuff, you know, things that we've all done probably on a daily basis uh, and, and start to separate that mistake from doing something dishonorable. Yeah. And that dishonor is something that, um, that should bring on guilt, but don't use guilt. Guilt is a tool and we all have it uh, for a specific purpose, but that guilt, the tool of guilt should be reserved specifically for something that you've done dishonorably, not for just a mistake you made. Yeah, that's a good point. You also can think about that with your partner, right? So you can use that if you're willing to check your behavior. So the next time somebody doesn't text you back, doesn't call you back, your partner doesn't show up for you in some way, you want to think to yourself, did they make a mistake or did they do something dishonorable? Right. If they did something dishonorable, right, like Jay's not putting back the picnic table after he mowed the lawn isn't dishonorable. Right. We want to make sure the punishment fits the crime. So me not making eye contact and like acting like he some he like punched me in the face or lied to me. It's just it's not an appropriate response. It's not a socially appropriate response. Do you want to think uh, mistake? Okay, let's move on. Dishonor? Okay, let's let's think about that. That could be uh, um, like a gate through which that information passes before. So if you're having a hard time figuring out how to respond to your loved one. Number one, know your person. You have to know the person you're in a relationship with, right? So like that example that I talked about with Jay and the lawn furniture, I had to learn who he is, meaning he's he is sometimes he just forgets things because he's not as... Um, I don't know, detail oriented as me or like, there's just some differences between the two of us. I don't really know how to say it in the moment, but sometimes he forgets things. And so I have to know that about him. I used to think that if he forgot to do something, that that was an attack on me. But now I came to know him so well that I know that that's his, like one of a shortcoming or a quirk or an idiosyncrasy. Your partners and loved ones all have flaws. You should know them. You should know who they are, what their character traits are. You should know what their moral values are, what they're good at, what they're not good at. Really start diving into that. What I have my clients do is write a character study out of their person so that you can study that. I had to learn that about him, right? I had to know that he's not perfect because the idealizing and the devaluing and all the chaos that occurs, I mean, it was hard to find what the truth was. So I would write out, what is, what is who is Jay? Is he the kind of person? that would not put lawn furniture back because he wanted to hurt my feelings. I mean, it's ridiculous when I say it, but like, you guys know, right? Like, Tamara, is your husband the kind of guy who would just like steal your two phone chargers and just like leave you high and dry? Like, is that, is that who you married? Probably you'll say no, no, of course not. And so you wanna do that, know your person, number one. You wanna go number two? Yes, uh, and we already talked about this, but keep the small things small. There are mistakes and there's dishonorable mistakes. You know, like keep the mistakes small. Like if you mess this up, just don't do that next time. Here's a here's a here's a bit of a solution for you to to help you uh, to prevent you know that happening again. Um, and our kids definitely need that. You know, they're gonna make mistakes daily, uh, so we want to certainly um, not punish them. Uh, but guide them on a more efficient, a more correct way to do something. Uh, dishonor is a um, it's a guilty mistake. It is something that should be guilt should be uh, 
felt. Um, and if you've done something dishonorable, number one, I'm sorry. Number two, will you forgive me? Those are the two things that must be uh, followed by that uh, sort of mistake and really putting thought into why it is that you've done such a dishonorable thing and uh, and allowing that, that person who's been impacted by that uh, to make the decision on whether or not and respecting that decision on whether or not they will forgive you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then the third thing is, um, I'm going to add this one and then you can do that. This one. Cool. So the third thing is mirror, right? So one of the things that, you know, Kasai, you asked me about what I did. So I did these things, knowing Jay, keeping the small things small. And the third thing is mirror, meaning you think about like, what would it be like if you were on the receiving end of that? Because I'll tell you, if I lost both of Jay's phone chargers, for example, or didn't put the furniture back and he came to me to call me out on that, I would have, in the beginning of recovery, immediately gone to like how horrible of a person I am and like lots of shame, lots of guilt. I would have felt really bad. So I think... What if I was treated the way that I was treating someone else? How would I feel? Now, Jay would say, is this about my character now? Is this worth attacking my character over? Like he would say things like that, and which was good because I was able to get that cue. Now, if your partner is not doing that, that's okay. You can do that, right? That, that's really painful, right? Like it's painful to look and see like, would I be okay with someone else treating me the way that I'm treating someone now? And the answer in the BPD brain a lot of the times is gonna be what? No, you're not okay with it because it feels bad, it's really painful, it's really mean and punishing. And so that's something that you, you definitely can do as number three, and you wanna do number four? Number four cracks me up, this one. Read the room. Yeah, read the room. <laughs> um. He says this to me all the time. So I like come running into a room and start talking. He's like, babe, read the room. <laughs> yeah, there will be times in which I'm doing something or reading something or writing. Um, and Rose will have this thought. And <laughs> They're all important, aren't they? Start a full on conversation based on the different thoughts that she's having in that home. <laughs> and there are times in which I'm not actually paying attention to what she's saying. Um, but so what I will say is, are we having a conversation or are you just thinking out loud, right? Because it could be that, right? Like, it's not impossible. Um, I certainly thought things out loud. So I know that it's a thing. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's a thing that Rose does. And so if it's a conversation, then I want to make sure that I'm present for it. And if I'm doing something, I need to make sure that I pause what I'm doing, or I tell her that I need to, you know, take a pause in this conversation so I can finish whatever it is that I'm doing. And uh, <laughs> um, I will, you know, put that conversation on hold, finish what I'm doing, and then come back to that conversation because I do want to know what it is. I do want to have a conversation with my wife. Uh, I do want that connection. I do want that sort of relationship with her. Um, but avoid just thinking out loud and then just expecting everyone to be following your thought process. Uh, there are times in which Rose will be in the other room and just talking and <laughs> saying like, do you know, babe? And I'm like, is she talking to me? Um, I, she's not reading the room right? yeah. because she's not in the room. 
So my thing is, is let's not talk through the walls. You know, that if you're gonna, if you need to have a conversation with me, come into the other room. Let's get some eye contact and let's have a conversation. Uh, because it's not that I don't want to have a conversation. It's just that I'm in a separate room doing other things, and I am not in the space of, of you know, being in that room, but thinking about and concentrating on roads. So it's something that you know I think is a is a very valuable. Uh, lesson to learn is to read the room if whoever else is in the room is busy uh, or doing something uh, just uh, put your thought process on a priority list and is this something that I really need to have a conversation about or is this just something that's on my mind just kind of working something out yeah exactly all the comments I totally do this yeah absolutely so there's an example like as you're seeing I'm laughing it's hilarious I know I shouldn't do that but sometimes I get revved up and we should laugh right we should laugh humor is a big power thing here exactly and like sometimes I just get revved up because I've said before like the, the sorter isn't there but the temperament's there so I get revved up and I gotta speak right like Kirsten, yeah, all ideas are, are important yeah. and they're even life changing, and you should hear them immediately. And the disordered version of me <laughs> years ago would go, <laughs> like when I was in my disorder, I would, I would go, yeah, I, what, t- so what Tamara does, right? Like, I would go, well, you don't love me, like I'm not important enough that you can't listen to me. But now he'll go read the room, and I look up and I laugh, and I'm like, right, because you have a life as well, and it's appropriate for me to respect the boundary, and if. I'm running too fast. I want my partner to be like, hey, don't do that. Like, I want to pay attention to you. How about we wait until I'm not in the middle of doing something kind of thing. So, you know, have read the room, recognize if someone's giving you a cue, like you're seeing Jay, he gives me these cues. I don't go crying or like hurting myself because he said, read the room. I laugh and I go, oh yeah, I have social skills deficit. Whoops. Maybe I should go calm down, probably being a little impulsive right now. Or maybe I go with it and tease it. But, uh, you know, you kind of see, hopefully you can see in our interplay that that's just so important. I wanted to break up over this. Yeah, yeah. me too. Right? Me too. Yeah. We, He and I have gone through this, which is why it's so funny. You'll see that's why I react the way I react, because it was ridiculous for me to think that before. Right? So hopefully you guys who still do this, you can hear that this it's he has things he wants to do in his day, right? So if I walk into a room and I expect him to listen to everything that comes on my, first of all, I'm hyperbolic. So are you guys, most of you. So we have a lot more thought going on up there than he does. And then our partners do, unless we have hyperbolic partners. So that's one, you got to remember that. And so then two, you know, recognizing that our partners have other things they're doing. Maybe he wants to read something online. Maybe he wants to read a book. Maybe he wants to listen to a podcast. <laughs> but the key is, is like, even when it happens to you, like when it happens to me, I I laugh about it because I know who she is, you know, and, I, and my expectations are accurate for her. So when she does that, I'm just going to say, hey, read the room. Or I will just start cracking up because she'll know exactly what I'm laughing about when she sees me cracking up because she immediately is like oh my goodness i'm doing this again aren't i here we go again and it doesn't have to be this heavy you know guilt thing it's just a mistake and it's like crap i forgot to read yeah absolutely okay so know your person keep the small things small 
mirror, like um, imagine your behavior, you're in their shoes, right? Mirror, and then read the room. Those are your yes. four wow. takeaways. Oh, Feels sorry. good to laugh. You give me so much hope. Oh, yeah, yes. you're welcome. Laugh, laugh. Yeah. This doesn't have to be so heavy. And the heavier it is, the harder it is, and more straining it is on the relationship. So learn to crack a joke. Learn to laugh at yourself. Yeah. Let your partner laugh sometimes. Um, it, it just, it brings you together. It brings this like, you know what? We're in this together. And we're doing this, right? We're doing this together. And it doesn't have to be these all-out fights, these threats these you know all this guilt blankets it yep. doesn't have to be this way yep just because you want to listen to a podcast doesn't mean you don't love me because you don't want to hear <laughs> everything i want to tell you i've come a long way okay all right everybody in all seriousness all right everybody you guys are welcome i'm so glad that you guys are all here i mean i love this community idea it's really like i'm really enjoying it reading what you guys have and us being able to have this more intimate setting than the podcast is awesome. It means a lot. Yeah, awesome. Okay, cool. So next week we're going to do a Q&A. So try to put these four things in practice. Um, if you're watching the replay of the live, put any questions you have in the comments, like I said before, and we'll be taking questions next week. Well, we have book club and all kinds of other stuff in the meantime, but We'll have that Q&A coming up. So we're going to sign off now. Um, I really hope you guys enjoyed that clip of us here and what we're doing on the Mighty Network and in the community. So if you want to be a part of the Mighty Network community, I encourage you to go to from B to B.MN.CO. Again, let me give you that address and that'll also be in the show notes. But if you want to join our community today, you can do that to hear the rest of that interview and the rest of that clip from B the number two b.mn.co and that's where you can find us. If you want to schedule an individual online mindset coaching session with either myself or Jay or a nutrition coaching session or a personal training session with either Jay or myself, you can go over to our website. It's www.skeetersstrength.com or www.thrive.com onlinecounseling.com and we would be happy to meet with you. In addition, we are having a group coming up in the fall. It is going to be an emotional regulation mastermind course. So if you are interested in that, I want you to stay tuned. You can always reach out to me and let me know that you want to be a part of that, but I do want you to stay tuned because we're going to be back with more information on that emotion regulation mastermind course. It's going to be something that you can access throughout your recovery. It's not just a one-time course and it will be interactive, just like as if you are taking a course in a community like we've been talking about. So we're really excited for that. I hope you guys are enjoying the end of your summer if you're in the States or the beginning of your winter if you're elsewhere in the world. And we will see you back with another clip soon. <laughs>